Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thank you, Kelly. Good morning. How are we doing? How are we doing? Fantastic. What a great morning so far, amen? It's uh, been great. Yesterday is a little bit of a show and tell, so I'll show and tell those a little bit later on um, because uh, I've got a couple of illustrations this morning. I hope they work, hope they make sense. If they don't, just go with me and cheer. Is that all right? Is that cool? Fantastic. Hope they mean something. But if we could get the uh, first slide up, folks, that'd be really, really great. Um, let's just uh, let's just pray, can we? Just uh, if you if you're close to somebody, uh, get closer to them. Put your hand on their shoulder. Um, that's not quite the first slide, um, but uh, yeah, there we go. There's the first slide. How good is our crew? Amen. How good is our crew? Amen. All right, fantastic. Let's, uh, let's just pray. Just, Lord, we just thank you, Father, for the person beside us, Lord, in front of us and behind us. Lord, we thank you for their life. We honour them, Lord. And, uh, Lord, we just, uh, we just place our eyes upon you. We honour those around us. And, Lord, we just lift them up to you. Bless them, Lord. Uh, and uh, now place your hand upon your heart and say, Lord, I open my heart right now to receive your word, your truth above everything else in Jesus' name. We all said amen Amen and amen. High five somebody beside you. All right. Now on the next slide, we're going to try this again. On the next slide, you can follow along with these said slides uh, if you would like to. So uh, again, you just get out your smartphone with a uh, camera and uh, don't take a photo of it. Just put the camera over the QR code and, and then you're going to I don't know what's going on with it, um, uh, but we'll figure that out in a second. Um, but you just put your phone over that and you'll be able to follow along on your said device. There we go. Yeah, it's just moving a little bit there just to make things a bit tricky. All right, fantastic. And you can uh, follow along with these slides because some of the writing's a little bit small and I thought it would be good for you to be able to see that if you would like to. So... The moment I know what, uh, I know that's debatable. The moment I grew up, uh, Anna still uh, is a little bit unsure as to whether that has actually taken place yet or not. Um, But in my uh, mind, in my heart, the moment I grew up was uh, close to when, uh, or shortly after I first got married. And um, that um, that was, uh, you know, one of the greatest days in my life. Uh, Of course, marrying the woman, uh, the most beautiful woman in the world, the woman of my dreams, and uh, and that was a phenomenal thing. I just feel the feel the love coming along, Um, and and. Uh, shortly, shortly after, if you know anything about marriage, uh, and if you've experienced that, um, then as a as a guy who lived till about not lived, <laughs> that's funny. I lived till about, and then I got married. It kind of infers <laughs> that I stopped living, but um, no, no, that's not true at all. I started to live. I, I lived at home was what I was trying to say. I lived at home. If you're struggling to get that QR code, there's a screen on the back there that you could actually get hold of that. I can see some couple of people, uh, you know, really wanting to engage this morning, which is fun. Okay, <clears throat> so as a guy who lived at home uh, till I was about 20. 
seven. Um, let, let me put it this way. I, I didn't really know how to say this, so forgive me if I'm just pausing to think about it. But as a guy who lived at home, um, you know, uh, uh, not everything was handed to me. Um, both mum and dad, I would suggest, with, you know, they were pretty strict, but they were pretty generous at the same time. And, and you know, I made my bed every day, right? But there were times where I didn't, I didn't do my own washing. Do you understand where I'm going with this? Right? And, and I don't take my washing over to mum's anymore. Right? But there was a point after I got married that I realised my brand new bride, my wife, is not my mum. In other words, there was a point where there is no way that that marriage, that our marriage was going to work and last if I continued to treat my new bride in the way that I treated my mum. Point? Point? So let's get into the message today. If you've got your Bibles with you, open to Luke chapter 7. And last week, we looked at the story. We looked at the story of the woman of the, with the alabaster jar. And I, I would encourage you to uh, listen to that on the podcast when it comes out or go back into the YouTube channel and, and, and check it out. But in short, it said in 30, verse 37 of uh, chapter 7 of the book of Luke, uh, and behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, whom when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears, wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. And I pointed out last, last week that this is not Mary of Bethany. And uh, there's good reason to understand that this is not Mary Magdalene. Okay. And so, uh, it says in verse 39, Now when the Pharisee who had visited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who touching him, for she is a sinner. Now we have to understand that the Pharisees at that point absolutely believed that if something unclean touched something that was clean, it turned that which was clean into unclean. And yet now uh, we know post the cross of Christ, of what Jesus did at the cross, uh, we know that uh, uh, because of his power and anointing in our life, what we touch becomes clean. In other words, we don't become unclean. We are not made unclean by something that touches us or we touch something. You understand? Because the cross uh, has done away with that. And Jesus answered in verse 40 and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Isn't it funny how Simon thought this and yet Jesus spoke it? Can you imagine if Jesus spoke out aloud for everybody to hear uh, about your thoughts? That would be quite confronting. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you don't do that. But anyway, in this instance, he did. Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. We have to understand that, that here, Simon the Pharisee, in his heart, was approaching Jesus as a bit of a spectacle because he didn't take him seriously in any way, shape or form. And yet, when he outwardly spoke to Jesus, he recognised him as a teacher, not as a rabbi, but as a teacher. 
okay? So even in his heart, he didn't recognize him, but publicly on the outward, in the outward way, and in the same way that I could have recognized Anna as my, as my wife, as my bride, as my life partner, in my heart, my heart had to change, my heart had to mature, not just in the roles and responsibilities, but my heart had to mature in relation to my relationship to and how I would relate in my marriage. And you see here, Simon was treating the, Jesus, the saviour of the world, the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth in the bit, the bit the same way as he might have treated his mother. Maybe he treated his mother in a bit better way. But here, Jesus was calling to Simon the Pharisee to say, hey, it's time to come into a mature relationship. And so Jesus then led Simon in this maturing process. You ready? There was a certain creditor, and he, so he said this story to Simon. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing uh, with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? And so Simon answered, a very logical, very clear and very good answer, very educated answer. I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Simon gave a good, correct answer. Hello? How many times can we go through our life giving the right answer and yet our heart struggles to fulfill what we know to be right? Hello? It's like an extra piece of chocolate cake. Our heart says, yes. Right? Then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, do you see this woman? He turned to the woman. Now we have to understand, and I explained it last week, that here Jesus would have been laying on the ground ready to eat. And she has come up behind him. What she was doing there, we don't know. How was she, was she, how was she allowed in to a Pharisee's house if she was a, a, a woman who, who's a notable woman who was known by everybody in the community as a sinner? Was she a prostitute? It, we don't know the answer to that. There is a lot of theologians that have assumed that she was. But the truth is this. She was seen by others to be unholy. Now remember the significance of that. If you were to associate with her, then what would that make you? In, in other people's eyes, unholy. Sometimes I think we too can live our life and not associate with people and we judge them because we might be seen. It might affect our reputation. But you see, Jesus loves people so much. He protects your reputation. He, he, he protects their reputation. Hello? Otherwise, how will sinners come to know Jesus if we don't tell them? If we don't associate with them? Amen? In a healthy way, right? And so... So here's this woman, anointing, weeping, her hair was uncovered. She's wiping the mud and the dust off Jesus' feet. And, she's, and, and Jesus turns to her. I don't think, I, I don't even know if he got up. I don't even know if he stood up to speak. Let's suppose that he was still laying down and he turned to Simon and he said, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet. Even though Simon talked to Jesus as teacher, even though Simon gave a correct answer to Jesus' question, his heart was far from Jesus. Do you see this woman? I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet. A traditional and accepted thing to do when a guest would enter a house. But she has washed my feet with her tears. How many tears do you think it would take to wash your feet? Yeah, how's that a thought? That's a lot. 
This woman wasn't just shedding a days of our lives stare into the distance tear. She just didn't get a little bit of dust in her eyes. It wasn't allergies. She was weeping because I believe as she was weeping, she was being healed as she worshipped the Lord. This, these overwhelming emotions because she knew what Jesus had saved her from. And she wiped them with her hair. Ooh, can you imagine what her hair would have been like afterwards? There would have been this mix, right? This mix of dirt and dust and, and mud. I don't think Jesus had had a mani-pedi, you know, moments beforehand. I think it was just like, right, and, and, and mud and dust in there and gross. And, and, but then she pulls out this alabaster flask and anoints them. And Jesus went on in verse 45, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time that I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrance oil. Therefore, I say to you, who was he talking to? Who? He's talking to Simon. Had he said this to the woman yet? No, he's talked to Simon who said, therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. How many sins has Jesus forgiven you of? Wow. How much do we love him? Hello? And that's just opening the door, let alone inviting him in to worship. Amen? Then he said to her, then he said to her at that point, declared over her life, your sins are forgiven. And those that sat at the table with him began to say amongst themselves. So who were they? Religious, pious Pharisees also sitting there witnessing all of this taking place. Who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, go, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Amazing story, amen? Not only was her sins forgiven by that act of worship, but she received salvation in that moment long even before Jesus had died for her sins. What an amazing woman. What an amazing act of faith. Today, if we can grab the third slide, please, we're going to go on a journey and we're just going to see where we might end up today. But if you catch anything, catch these highlights. The first thing is this, you are loved unconditionally. The second thing is you were loved first and your first love returned. In the same way, you are called into a mature love relationship with Jesus. We are called to live from glory to glory. We are not called into a conditional relationship with Jesus, but we are called into Jesus-centered living. So let's have a look at the first thing. What was the first thing? You are loved unconditionally. Let's have that slide, please. How are we doing? Let's have that set. 1 John chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. This is how God showed us his love amongst us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's what we celebrate during communion, amen? Yeah. This is this point of absolute first love. This is the point of where we, are, we, we come into this moment of he loved us first. 
So in other words, while we're carrying on in our own life, while we're, while we're doing our own thing, while we're living for, as a self-centered life rather than a Christ-centered life, he still loved us. We were the Roman soldier putting those nails into his feet. And yet Jesus loved that Roman soldier. See, this is what the scripture means, that when Christ bore our sins upon the cross, that's what it means. It means that we, as we sinned, he took it all upon that cross. Our action, our deeds, our thoughts, our things. Why? Because he loved us. He loved you that much. This is a solemn moment, but you see, it's an invitation into a mature relationship. Because whilst it is important to remember that fact every single day that Christ bore our sin at the cross every single time, that if we only camp around that, what tends to happen is that we only ever come to him from the moment of a sinner saved. But you see, Jesus just doesn't want you to live from a place of a sinner saved. He wants you to live as a sinner saved and set free. <laughs> to be effective, to be operational, to be, to, to be in, encouragement of others and, and living as a Christ-centered life, not only as a sinner just scraping through life. Amen. That's good. Let's go to the next slide. You were loved first. This is in the book of Revelation. And it says, these things, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works. So this here, just in context, um, <clears throat> in context, I... Our, the uh, the um, scripture reference in the book of Revelation is just hasn't just shown at the moment in this slide, but we have to understand that this is um, the Lord speaking to uh, the different churches in the book of Revelation. And whilst uh, many theologians will talk and say that, yes, this is that church, and yes, that's that church in the, in, in the timeline, the truth is that we can see ourselves in all of them. And there, was, there, there, is, there is all sorts of different descriptions of what the Lord says, and I, I'll, I'll leave you to look through it. But... Here in this case, we're talking about first love, right? And he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. Who, who, who's done some works for the Lord? Amen? Who's, who's labored for the kingdom recently? Amen? Who's spent time in prayer? Right? right. That's laboring in prayer, right? That's what that is. And, and, and who, who looks at evil and has an allergic reaction to evil in the world? Right? Right? It's just, oh, God, you know, this is, this is not good, right? And, and then it says, and it, and it says, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. <laughs> In other words, people who say they're big in the kingdom and yet they are not, right? And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. I can relate to that. Can you relate to that? Do you feel like you've labored? Do you feel like you've you persevered? Do you feel like you've pressed into the things of God? 
Do you feel like you've worked hard? You've done all that you can do for Jesus? This is good so far, right? If, 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 if this is you. If it's not you, it's awfully quiet in here and maybe you need to have a good look in the mirror. But nevertheless, I have this against you. If you, can, if you can relate to all these things. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. In other words, what this is saying is you've done all that you can do. You've done all that you can possibly, all that can, you can imagine. You, you, you can do it all. You can do it all. You can do it all. In my marriage, I can cut the lawn, do the washing. Um, I can trim the roses. I can, I can even, I, I can even cut Cut, cut the roses and put them in a beautiful bunch on the kitchen table and, 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 and hopefully that Anna sees it and I can, I can do all that I can do. I can put aftershave on, I can cut my hair, I can make sure that my appearance is good, I can make sure I can smell good. But if I don't connect with my wife, what good is it? Nothing. Now, as a person in my world, my, one of my acts of love or love language is acts of service. So I can vacuum the house. I vacuum the house. I know you find that hard to believe. Right? Thank you. Right. Come on, men. Where are you? I can vacuum the house. And when I'm finished, I stand at the front door waiting for Anna to come home and Oh, see, I have vacuumed. That doesn't, that's not what she wants to hear because it's got to be vacuumed anyway. Right? But that still doesn't make me want to go, hey, look, you know. <laughs> yeah, look at that. <laughs> Floors are clean. Yeah, abs- absolutely I do. But if I'm not connecting with her love language. I can come to Anna on my terms and it means nothing. Or maybe it means just a little bit. But if I don't come to Anna on her terms of what I know she likes, then that starts to mean something, doesn't it? Right? Hello? It's the same with Jesus. We've got to come back to our first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. Repent and do the first works. If we think back to when we first got saved and how exciting some of those things were and how how exciting every interaction and every bit of worship and when the worship leader says, lift your hands, you'd be there already. And yet, maybe five years or ten years or 25 years is down the track and and somebody says, lift your hands and you go, oh, well, I'll think about it. Sometimes, sometimes it's in in prayer, called to prayer. Man, you were at every prayer meeting. You were up early of the morning spending time with the Lord. You you would open the word of God and, and you would consume it and consume it. And yet, now, well, you know, I've already read all of that. Friends, I think sometimes we've got to understand that repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from this place. Do you know what the lampstand is representative of? The light and effectiveness of the word in our lives. Neglect that (laughs) and we lose our light. I didn't say salvation. I'm talking about effectiveness. I'm talking about effectiveness as we live and as we grow. The moment I grew up was when I understood and realized a moment, a moment of when I grew up, was when I understood and I came to that place of, hold on a minute, I have to approach my marriage on different terms. I can't approach my marriage on the terms of when I lived at home with mum and dad. I cannot be the same person. Hello? I cannot be the same person. I have to be a different person. I'm still me, but I have to be a different person. And then when I became a father, what happened then? 
Overnight, sleep left me. Overnight, my heart was enlarged because I suddenly understood something that I could love this little person so much that it hurt. And still to this day, I am fiercely in love with my children, fiercely in love with my wife, fiercely in love with Jesus. Hello? Let's go to the next slide. Are you okay? Next slide, guys. Thanks. I'm sure it's coming. Here it is. All right. Probably about... This is one of the illustrations that I don't know whether it's going to land, so just bear with me. Is that cool? Probably... Probably maybe about seven or maybe eight years ago. It was Boxing Day sales. Now, who loves Boxing Day sales? But who loves the busyness of how crazy the shops are, right? People turn into animals, right? I've seen grown women crawling along the ground trying to get through the doors, right? Have you seen that, right? I try and avoid it. But one day, Anna and I went in. We braced ourselves. We put on the full armor of God. And we went in, right? Cover me, I'm going in, right? So, and uh, we went in and there was like, I think we heard about Windsor Smith. I think Windsor Smith had these, has, has the, had these, uh, had these, this big sale on. And there was like a line of like 40 people deep waiting to go through the store, right? And so anyway, we got in, we, we were not one of the first, but we didn't have to line up for too long and, and went in and there was like, like these shoes that I could only dream about, that were cheap, that were affordable, that I could buy at the time, right? Because got some Christmas money and, and things like that. And, and, so, and so I went in and, man, I could, I think I bought maybe at least two pairs of shoes, at least two pairs of shoes. And I'm talking two pairs of leather shoes for under 100 bucks. Like pretty good, right? Is that good? All the women, yeah, that's pretty good, yeah, right? Okay, and so anyway, I went in and man, I tried them on and the, I'm wearing one of those, sho- not one of those shoes, one of those pair of shoes, right, right now, right? That'd be about eight years ago. They're in good nick, aren't they? All right, looked after them? Yeah, right. Well, yeah, maybe. But, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like they're good, right, right? And then... And then I, I, I go, Anna, you know, they're, they're, they're nice. They look good. They look nice. It's actually funny because this morning, Anna looked at me and said, what shoes are those? I said, well, they're my boots because they're not your normal boots, right? Then, after a while, I got a pair of boots that I never thought, I never dreamed of that I thought that I'd be able to get, Right? Why? Because they are frightfully expensive, right? And so these are good, these are nice, but you see my taste started to change. Because back in the day when I was a kid, often shoes, unless they were second-hand or hand-me-downs, they were Kmart specials. Not that there's anything wrong with Kmart specials, but right? Right? And so that, you know, that, that's fine, that's okay. And, and yet, when I first tried these on, it was like, oh, they're nice. Right? You're just like, like soft leather. They're good. They're, you know, they're good. They're just like, like good. You know, they're, they're a little bit flexible. They're comfortable. Right? They, they keep your feet dry. That's important. Right? I was going to bring another pair that's got all holes in it, but I didn't want it because Anna will then throw them out, you see? And so, you know, and so then I, I got these and they're, they're really nice. But then my relationship with boots started to get better. I started to mature in my relationship. 
because I actually suddenly started to understand there was better things in there. There were better boots available. And so I started to talk with Anna. I said, you know, you know, one day I'd really love this. And, and so Anna started to understand my heart's desire, my heart's desire for something better. Are these good? Yeah. Do they serve the purpose? Yes. They're okay. They, you know, they're, they're still good. I've looked after them. I don't mistreat them or anything like that. They're fine, right? But then I start to look for something so much better. These, if these break, they're done. However, these bad boys, if they break, they've got a lifetime warranty on them. First getting saved, lifetime warranty saved. <laughs> These are R.M. Williams. Now, if you know anything about boots, you know, from an Australian standard, I will hand these down to Josh, unless his feet are grown bigger, right? On that day when my kids celebrate what I've left them and I'm no longer here, I'll go, if nothing else, mate, <laughs> have a pair of boots. Right? And these, oh, to slip these on. Oh, this, is, this is the old man's dance right now. <laughs> No, 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 no. This is this is important. Yeah, that's right. You know, everyone's the same. You got to put your your shoes on one foot at a time, otherwise you fall over. Right? Okay. Right. Oh, oh man, it's like coming home. Right? They're good. But these, big difference. big difference. I stand a bit straighter, <laughs> taller. Anna learnt my desire. Anna understood that there was something better. We can settle for this and it'll serve the purpose and it'll be fine. But here, I'm going to take it one step further, just quickly. Yesterday, there was some more sales. You know how much these cost me? Well, just wait until you see them. Right? So, how many know that as we mature, taste changes? Right? Anna still looks at me in these and sees a bit of an old man. Right? Yeah? Little bit. So I just blew the old man look away. You ready? I mean, right, Lockie? Yeah? You know how much these cost me? 14 bucks. Right, Ronald McDonald ain't got nothing on me, right? <laughs> That's all I paid for them. I had a voucher that I'd been given back in July. So these here, my taste has changed. Yeah, it makes me feel younger. That's right. Yeah, that's your. For everyone online, just laugh and. Just nod, right? See, here is, but things are changing, right? Things are changing. I have to understand that Anna's not always going to like me in these. She loves me unconditionally. But I have to approach my marriage on her terms. Let me, like a pair of shoes. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Well, Anna, but yeah, if the shoe fits. No, I'm joking. No. 
The point is, come on, this is turning into a circus. The point is, the point is not about the shoes. The point is this. You can't always come to Jesus on your terms. You've got to come to him on his terms. Let me tell you this. I'm crash landing real quick because it's 11.36. Let's go to that next slide. You cannot, cannot, cannot come to Jesus. You cannot come to Jesus only on your terms. When you first got saved, when you first got saved, it's like you came to him on your terms. Amen? It was like, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Take me as I am. Now, don't get me wrong. Every single day, he will take you as you are. Because why? He loves you unconditionally. He loves you. Tell yourself that. Jesus loves me unconditionally every single time. But if I approach Jesus in the same way of when I was first saved all the time, then what happens is I approach him on my terms rather than understanding what he requires of me. If we approach Jesus on our own terms every single time, we will miss the goodness, the blessing, the increase that he longs to give us. Why? Because we were born to go from glory to glory. We were born for increase and not decrease. The Bible says that the, that we, that, that the Lord calls over us that... Um, that we are the head and not the tail. That we are above only and not beneath. But how many times when we first got saved, we felt beneath because we, because we beheld his glory. Hello? But at this time of when we come into that place of, of we've got to come to him on his terms. And what does that look like? That looks like a life of discipline in the word. It looks like a life of discipline in prayer, in how we think, in, in how we breathe. It looks like a life of discipline in our relationships. It looks like, you know, it looks like, it's like, yeah, change your boots. Change, bring that change into your heart and your life. Don't, you know, we're not called to be the same. Only Jesus is called to be the same. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, but he's called us to exponentially grow, exponentially mature in our relationship with him. And as we understand the maturing in our relationship, we begin to understand what he likes. We begin to know what he requires of us. Of us. We, can, we begin to know through the learning of his word that, that, that he is calling us to be transformed into his likeness. Friends, we can't approach Jesus on our terms all the time because we'll miss the mark. We have to begin to approach him on his terms. And the way in which we learn, they're all written here. They're all written here. And it doesn't matter. Some days we'll miss it. Some days I miss reaching and connecting with Anna. But praise God, his mercies are new every morning. Hers, not so much. But praise God that we, the sun comes up again and we can approach the new day in a new way. Because we need to live a christ centered life. Remembering who he is. Not placing conditions on him. <coughs> Instead, that we need to know his terms have rewards far beyond 
the conditions that we can place on it. So many times I've been in that place, Jesus, if you do this, then I'll do that. Friends, he's already done it all. We press into him in this moment. I've asked Anna and Sam just to lead us in a song and then Kelly's going to come up. And This song is simply stating that Jesus is at the center of our life. And what I want to come to you and ask you that you, this is the call to action today. That you, as these words, as these words are sung over your life, that you would say, yes, Jesus, you are at the center of all that I am and I have. Thanks. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. Jesus be the center of my life. Jesus be the center of my life. From beginning to the end, it will always be, yes, it's always been you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus.
from beginning to the end it will always be yes it's always been you jesus jesus it's always been you jesus oh jesus yes it's always been you jesus so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you, and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org, and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details, and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected. We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.